we're constantly choosing. And so you've got to get in the practice of choosing gratitude and seeing it out there. You know, I believe that what you see, the way that you see the world impacts your thoughts, which impacts your feelings, which impacts your actions, which impacts your results. And so truly what you see is what you get, but you have to get in the practice of seeing the world as filled with things to be grateful for. And that is a daily practice. It is not a destination. And some days, you know, if you have read the book, The Four Agreements, it, one of the agreements is always do your best. Some days your best is barely finding anything to be grateful for, you know, <laughs> but doing the work. And other days your best is being just singing from the mountaintops, all of the things that you're grateful for and not beating yourself up when you're having those less grateful days, but recognizing that it's a practice. And as long as you're practicing, you're getting better. Thank you. Thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you from my heart, from the Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. During her 20 years as a lawyer, our guest today has combined her psychology degree with tools of persuasion and influence to advocate for her clients. She's now on a mission to teach women these tools, understand what it really means to advocate for themselves, and apply these techniques to all areas of their lives. Our guest today is Heather Hansen, and I'm really happy to have her here. She's a self-advocacy expert, on-air legal analyst, and award-winning trial attorney. Heather, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Georgian. I am grateful. <laughs> That's the, the perfect beginning for, <laughs> for our conversation. And I could really feel it. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. So let us know a little bit more about you, about uh, your story, who you are. So I am, my background is as a trial lawyer, as you mentioned, and for over 20 years, my job was to defend doctors when their patients sued them. That's the type of law I practiced. And I loved it for a very long time. And I was very good at it. I was very good at advocating for my clients in the courtroom. But one day, after many, many years of doing this, I was sitting in my car and crying because there were things that I wanted that I wasn't getting. I wanted to do more of the television that you mentioned that I sometimes do. I wanted to write a book. I wanted changes in my romantic relationship. And what I realized in that moment was, although I was very good at advocating for others, I was not good at advocating for myself. 
And I decided to start using the tools I used in the courtroom to ask for the time and the resources to write that book and to do that television and to change that relationship. And I did. And so now my life's purpose is to help other people start to do the same. And I think for purposes of this conversation, what it began with for me, and it begins with for most, is persuading myself to make mm -hmm. the choice that I could do that. Wow. I love this idea. Let's, let's explore it a little bit. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, I think that actually, like, like you mentioned, it's the hardest thing to do is to convince ourselves of uh, the, the fact that we, we can do some things or that we are worthy of some things, right? I think that's right. I think that, so I call the part of ourselves that we want to persuade the inner jury. In the courtroom, I had a jury of 12 people that I wanted to persuade to make the choice that would allow me to win. But there's a part of you that you have to persuade to make choices that allow you to win, right? And in yeah. your head, there's often a voice saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not old enough, you're not young enough, you're too big, you're too small. And there hopefully is a tiny little voice also saying, you are enough, you have enough, you know what you're doing, you're ready, you're capable, you're smart, you're kind. And the inner jury has to choose that voice in order to advocate for yourself, to ask for what you want and get it. And, you know, for purposes of this podcast, one of the things I've thought a lot about, Georgian, is that inner jury also has to choose gratitude in order to keep on going with, with the way that you choose your life and choose the things that are going to best serve you. So that inner jury is, if, if people just leave this podcast recognizing that they have a part of them that listens and chooses, and they get to persuade that part of them to make better choices, my job will be done. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's such an important part of uh, the way we work and um, the things that, that are not seen on the outside and that many people might not actually know about. It's just within ourselves. It's just things that we know we're, we're dealing with and we're, uh, we have challenges with. And uh, yeah, I think that that part is so extremely important because even if people might want to help us one way or another if we are not convinced that we can have a different kind of experience that's really really hard um to actually make it happen right right you know one of the things i talk about a lot is credibility because you can't prove something unless you believe it so, you know, just as you're talking about, if other people believe in you, believe in your capabilities, believe in your potential, but you don't, you can't go out there and prove it. You can't advocate until you believe. And so the most important tool I have in my book, Advocate to Win, there's 10 tools of an advocate. And to me, the most important tool is credibility. That is the ability to make someone believe. And again, it starts with you. Because if you don't believe, you can't make anyone else believe. I found that in the courtroom time and time again. That's so true. <laughs> and it's um, it's relevant in, in so many areas of our life, like uh, whether it's the uh, romantic relationship, um, even in the relationships with, we have with friends or with family, 
we have to start from somewhere and um, we we almost all the time have to start with from within and to see to see these things and to like you said to convince our inner jury of of different things yeah i think um i think it's a it's a powerful idea and uh, a really interesting perspective and i love the fact that you you're focusing on on something that i believe many of us that are more um focused on helping others and uh, being empathic and kind um deal with so we can be uh, fierce when we're fighting for other people but um we're not doing the same for ourselves right yeah i mean there's so that you're so right about that george and there's so many studies that show especially women but also Mm -hmm. people with those feminine qualities that you're talking about right that we tend to be much better at advocating for others than we are for ourselves and one of the things that i want to tell those listeners who feel that way that feel as though they'd rather lead with empathy and compassion and perspective i agree i am the exact same way and that's why in my book the last tool of an advocate is argument There are so many other ways to ask for what you want and get it. It's choosing the right words. It's seeing things from the other person's perspective. It's looking for ways that everyone can win. My definition of win in this arena is to receive something positive because you have earned it. So you have to decide what your something positive might be. And it's better to have a lot of them, right? So a win for me might be, oh, I really want to get that keynote. That, that one keynote, that might be a win. But another thing could be a relationship I build in the process of trying to get it, even if I don't get it. Another win might be my honing in on my message so that I'm better able to relay it in a future pitch, even if I don't get it. And if you can start to look at what are the various things that I can win and earn it by advocating, all of a sudden it becomes less stressful because it's not the one thing. If I don't get that one thing that I've lost, it's a lot of things that you can are positive that you can receive by advocating. That's so true. And yeah, I think in my own experience, I've seen that balance is much more important than just getting that one thing. For instance, you can... Um, be great in in your professional life but sacrifice so much of your uh, family and um, uh, friends uh, time that when instead of having people around you to enjoy those uh, achievements you're just on the top of the mountain and nobody's there with you you know Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so that yeah I think that that's right. I think that a lot of times part of the win for many of us is to do it with someone else, to build this relationship. And that's why argument is the last resort, right? If you're talking to your significant other and you want more help around the house, um, getting more help around the house at the expense of the relationship, at the expense of the joy and the laughter that comes as part of that relationship, is that truly a win? Not in my mind. And so I think that we need to be really careful that we are aware of what it is that we want and what we're willing to negotiate. You know, I always say when people are talking about negotiating, you want to know your negotiables than your non-negotiables. Um, non-negotiable in that situation might be preservation of the relationship. 
negotiable might be, well, I'll do the dishes one more night if it means that we're able to maintain this healthy relationship that we have. That's so true. And it, it makes so much sense because many of the the times when we're not grateful is when we're frustrated because we we might be doing too much or we might be um, just experiencing things that we would not like to experience one way or another so yeah i i think that's that's very relevant and um getting back a little bit to uh to the idea of gratitude i'm really curious how how you define it what is gratitude for you how how would you gratitude to uh, me yeah to me gratitude is appreciation and even goes beyond that to celebration when good things happen, I like to go beyond gratitude and celebrate them. I like to announce them. I like to make sure that I am showing my gratitude in a way that's out loud and uh, obvious so that the universe knows that that's what I'm doing. And it's a choice. You know, it, it comes back again to that inner jury, choosing gratitude. And it's a choice that you have to make and, and have to be aware that you're making. And so often we don't realize that we're choosing our thoughts in the way that we see the world. And so that's why I always start with the inner jury concept, because if you don't realize that you're missing an opportunity to choose gratitude, you are really missing a lot. That's true. That's true. We have all kinds of experiences. And if we are not able to see how amazing they are, um, they just pass, pass us by. And even though they're great, we, are, we don't realize that they are so great. And I think that's a pity in, in many situations. And um, yeah, we we make decisions based on, based on this and on the fact that things might not be perfect and um, we might be just seeing those those negative things that that are happening and i think it's like i said it's a pity and it's something that um that we can all improve from from my point of view and of course gratitude is is very helpful um with this and I love another thing that you that you mentioned um, before um, getting to uh, to speak on on the podcast when we were just exchanging emails um, that gratitude is not a destination it's it's a daily practice. Can you uh, expand on this a, a little bit? Yeah, I think that we're, we're constantly choosing. And so you've got to get in the practice of choosing gratitude and seeing it out there. You know, I believe that what you see, the way that you see the world impacts your thoughts, which impacts your feelings, which impacts your actions, which impacts your results. And so truly what you see is what you get. But you have to get in the practice of seeing the world as filled with things to be grateful for. And that is a daily practice. It is not a destination. And some days, you know, if you have read the book, The Four Agreements, it, one of the agreements is always do your best. Some days your best is barely finding anything to be grateful for, you know, <laughs> but doing the work. And other days your best is being just singing from the mountaintops, all of the things that you're grateful for and not beating yourself up 
when you're having those less grateful days, but recognizing that it's a practice. And as long as you're practicing, you're getting better. Giving a gift that supports someone dear to your heart can be a real blessing. Woohoo You made it very simple for you to offer a memorable gift that your loved one will surely cherish for the rest of their life. Help him or her feel appreciated and valued right now. They might need it more than you think. Go to georgianbenta.com slash woohoo or visit the link in the description to find out more. That's so true. That's so true. It's, it's really not about being grateful all the time, but about finding a way of getting back to that um, as soon as possible when you fall off the wagon because we we all have days in which uh, it's really hard to be grateful and um, I'm, I'm thinking about some of our listeners that might find it hard right now for instance to feel grateful um, and that's okay it's I, one of the things that I <laughs> I really don't like is um, making f- people feel guilty that they're not grateful mm. and um, the people that are shaming them for not being grateful I don't think it's, it's the best way to go about it so I think it's important to accept that sometimes we're not, be- not being grateful and not being able to, to be grateful but, um, but we can also remember that it's a very enjoyable experience to, to feel grateful and it, it brings a lot of um, fullness of life when when we're able to to do so and especially when it comes to uh, to being our own um, self-advocate I think it's it's very important for instance for um, our self-image to appreciate mm-hmm. those things that we that we like yeah. about ourselves and the, the things that are great about ourselves instead of just focusing on on those things that aren't that great at the moment. Yeah, and I think that um, one of the things that is always intriguing to me is a lot of times when I'm teaching people how to advocate, they're not sure what they want. They say, I don't know what I want. I'm not, I'm not clear on what I want. And I think gratitude is one of the practices that points us towards what we want. You know, what, what are you grateful for? Those are the things you enjoy. I walked my dog this morning. I was grateful for various things that we saw in nature. That points me towards the fact that I want to spend more time in nature. I'm actually moving so that I can do that. Um, I am grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation with you, George. And that points me towards doing more podcasts and sharing these ideas more. And so I think that if you're unclear of what you want, or, you know, some people say, what is my passion? And I often say, look to what you're grateful for. That will help you to be a better advocate because you'll be more clear on what you want. That's such a great idea, actually. Like the things that, that we're grateful for, are actually, the, the things that are important for us and the things that we want more of in our life. And yeah, I think that's that's such a great idea because they they can come really naturally, and um, they're really representative of who we are. Yeah, I love this idea, and it's it's really powerful since um, we are all doing our best here to to find more gratitude and to focus more on on this. Uh, we have a, a great 
baseline for realizing what we actually want and the things that are important for us. And I loved your example. And you you're realizing by being grateful that you that you love being in nature and you made the decision to be uh closer to nature more. So <laughs> that's that's amazing. And um yeah, I, I love also this this perspective about um our inner jury and I'm really curious like from from the outside at least it seems that reaching the the truth in in uh, certain situations is a matter of perspective like um especially in your line of work it's it's about giving a certain perspective on reality right yeah you're you're so correct and i'd love to tell you a story that sort of puts this into um context and shows the power of gratitude so in the courtroom I tell one story about a set of facts. The other side tells a completely different story about the same set of facts. And then the jury chooses which story is quote unquote true. For uh, your inner jury- I have to it, stop you a bit yeah, because yeah. I, I lost you at, at one point. So you said in the courtroom and afterwards, uh, I don't know if uh, the mic or the connection is uh, the issue. All right, let me, in the courtroom, I tell, one story about a certain set of facts and the other side tells a completely different story about the same set of facts and then the truth is whatever the jury decides is true so let's apply that to your inner jury the part of you that chooses and this is a story that happened last year at the beginning of the pandemic well towards the beginning of the pandemic i had bought a new pair of sunglasses that i loved and they were expensive i loved these sunglasses and i was running to the doctor to get actually tested for covid and i grabbed my wallet my keys my earphones and my sunglasses and i put my sunglasses in the collar of my shirt and ran to the doctors and as i was running i heard something drop and i felt my pockets and the headphones were still there and the wallet was still there and the keys were still there and i was like oh it must have been something else and i kept going when i got to the doctor's office i recognized that my sunglasses were gone so I went back and looked everywhere for them, George. And I, I, at the time, was living in Manhattan, and I searched the streets. And the streets were pretty empty. It wasn't like a normal, you know, New York City day because of the pandemic. I couldn't find them anywhere. And I was late for the doctor's appointment, so I went to the doctor. And then on the walk home, I went back and forth at least two hours looking for my sunglasses, and they were gone. And the story that was going on in my brain was you're so careless, you're always hurrying, you don't deserve nice things, you have too many sunglasses anyway, you shouldn't have bought those. And my inner jury had, that was the only story that my inner jury was hearing. And so my inner jury was choosing to believe that. And I made a conscious decision to give my inner jury a different story. So I thought to myself, well, I dropped the sunglasses and they were definitely gone. So what probably happened is someone was walking down the street sometime after I passed and saw my sunglasses on the ground. And I imagine that to be a woman who was headed to work in a job that was supporting those of us 
during the pandemic, you know, something like a restaurant or um, some sort of service industry. And she found these sunglasses and she looked around to see who they belonged to and she couldn't find anyone. And so she cleaned them off so carefully and she kept them and she brought them home and she showed them to her family and she put them on and she felt fabulous in these sunglasses. She felt like an entirely new woman. And I started to collect evidence for that story. I told myself that it was mostly people who were working in those types of jobs who were out and about that day. And I knew a friend who had found sunglasses once and they were her favorite pair of sunglasses. And so suddenly my inner jury had a different story to choose. And I actively chose that story. And by the end of the day, I was grateful that I had lost my sunglasses because I believed this story that was making me feel so good about the loss. And that is a change in perspective. It takes practice for sure, but it is available to us. And in that practice, we can choose gratitude more often. Wow. What I love most about this tour is the fact that it, it also connects us with abundance. And instead of thinking about your own loss, you thought about the abundance and the, um, the gratitude and the, uh, the expansion of uh, beautiful experiences that it had for the other person. And by you connecting with that energy, I think is, is the, best, <laughs> the best way to go about it and uh, but the best way to attract something similar or even better to your own experience. Yeah, I mean, when I talk about the inner jury choosing, one of the things I always say is you're always choosing between abundance and scarcity. You know, and so I really work to choose abundance. And listen, you know, I don't want the listeners to think I always get it right or it's always an easy choice. I mean, before I made that choice, I was nasty all day. You know, I was feeling bad about myself, so I wasn't treating the people around me well. I was beating myself up. And that ability to make a different choice is only as a result of a lot of practice and a lot of work at it. And so, you know, it doesn't always come easy, but it's so worth it. Exactly, exactly. And that, that's one of the things that I love about gratitude is the fact that when we uh, make it a habit and we, we choose gratitude more and more often as much as possible, when it's easy, it's amplified, but when it's hard, it's like a, a tool that's, that's ready, already sharpened so that we can use it uh, when it's necessary and when uh, when the situation is um, demanding it and yeah I think it's it's that exact idea that once something of that nature happened you were able to to gather the the inner resources to to create different story and to live it basically because that, that's the interesting part what we what we think what we really believe it's it's what we actually live it doesn't have to be like something that's uh, i don't know to have proof for everything and everything has to be i don't know um, we have to have a lot of evidence for for things because sometimes and many times actually for the negative things that we believe about ourselves we don't even have any kind of evidence isn't it well, that's right. I think evidence is just a thought, right? I, I chose to think that 
this has happened before. I knew one circumstance, one circumstance, Georgian, for me was enough evidence to lean me that right. way. And I think, I think a belief is a thought that you repeat and back up with evidence. And anything can be evidence. You know, the thing that is so interesting in the courtroom is we all have the same evidence, and yet we tell completely different stories about it. Complete, I mean, contradictory stories, right? Arguing stories in the courtroom. And so I think that when we think we don't have evidence, we're usually wrong. We just have to look at it from a different perspective. Hmm. Yeah, I love this. And it's it's very interesting, especially um, from from this perspective of um, the courtroom and and I th I think it's very uh, very interesting to to look at it from this point of view. Uh, having a visual of of this is very helpful, in my opinion as well. Like I'm really curious if you have uh, some kind of a visual, like how you see things going on in your head from uh, from this point of view? I mean, I think that I, I, one of the things I guess that I see is that the truth is dependent on the way that you see the world. Um, so the visual that I often have is in the courtroom, we talk about the scales of justice and how um, one side puts all of their evidence on one side the opposing attorney puts all of their evidence on the other side, and then the jury decides the weight of the evidence and which side is heavier. And I often think of that, like, am I, am I putting all of my evidence on the negative side of the scale? And how can I put evidence on the positive side of the scale? And then when it comes to your outer jury, you know, persuading someone else to give you what you want, You've got to give them evidence to put on the side of the scale that serves the choice you want them to make. So I guess the visual that most serves me is those old-fashioned scales, you know, like the scales of justice that you see sometimes in old-fashioned pictures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I, I, and I think it's, it's so good. It's, it's such a good visual because it's very simple and it, it works great. Like, for instance... When we are, um, when we feel down, it's just okay. Some things are happening on the outside, but uh, beyond that, it's our mind putting things on the negative side of the of the scale. And of course, when when we keep on putting one after another, it tends to be more and more heavy. And what what gratitude helps us with is balancing it out and even for instance when we are very happy and very very satisfied with our life and we feel very fulfilled is when we see the positive um, side of the scale more and when that one is heavier and with with more um, thoughts and more um, perspectives and I, I really love this this visual and I hope that um it's something that our audience will be using as well because i i, I really think that these kinds of things um help us a lot instead of having something that's really um hard to grasp somehow we make it real and mm -hmm. uh yeah i love this perspective thank you <laughs> oh gosh my pleasure my pleasure all right so um 
we are nearing the end of our time together and uh, one of the things that I love asking on the podcast is who are some people in your life that uh, you are grateful for? Oh, so many. I'm very grateful for my family, my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, their children. They are the foundation of everything that I am and everything that I do. I am uh, enormously grateful for my friends. I, I'm, this move is also back to be closer to some of my friends. And I think sometimes, you know, I've, I've moved to a town where I didn't know a lot of people and that has been hard and has increased my gratitude for my friends. And I think sometimes the tough times make us more grateful for the things that we know we want. And then the last thing I have to say, Georgian, is I have a, um, a puppy. He's almost 10 months old now, so outgrowing his puppyhood a little bit. And I'm so grateful for him. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I, I love how, how prepared you were for, for this question. And I felt that... Um, I don't know, somehow like there is this this big heart that has all these people inside of it. And uh, it was really easy for you to to talk about about this because they were already in there somehow. That's (laughs) that's very beautiful. So um, let us know a little bit also about your book, Advocate to Win. Yeah, so I advocate to win is my more recent book. And the subtitle is 10 ways to ask for what you want and get it. And it it really gives you it talks about the different things that we use in the courtroom, like words and questions and perspective and evidence, and how to apply that to your inner jury, and then to your outer jury of friends, family, clients or customers. The book before that is called The Elegant Warrior, and it just has stories from the courtroom and how they apply to life. So both of those books are available anywhere that you buy books, and both of those books books will help you to become a better advocate for yourself. That's wonderful. I think the the, the best ideas are the most simple ones, like the ones that you can um, you can talk about you can describe in 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 a sentence so i love the fact that uh, that you were able to do so and uh, once again thank you very much for uh, for all of these amazing ideas that you shared with us and uh, for the work that you're doing for uh, for the women and um, for the world in general so thank, thank you, you so much, much for you. Thank Georgian. And thank you for this podcast. It's, it's a beautiful podcast and I'm glad that you're out there in the world, putting this information out there. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, gratitude seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.